This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you. Visit it and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Kevin's really easy to be around. He's really easy to want to want to love and to sow into. He's got such a heart for for what God's called him to do and and a humility and a sincerity that's that's valuable. I I, I get to meet and talk to a lot of people and and it just a really good time uh, with getting to know Kevin and we are going back to Montana by the way, right? And we're going back in November and do it again. And it's really a, a group of people that that provide for pastors a place to get away for five days. And it's just a bunch of guys. You fish in the morning, and then they're doing a little bit different than they used to in the afternoon. Uh, you just get to spend it with guys that are doing life like you do it and be around people that, that love Jesus, but they're in ministry and, and they're pastoring a church. It's really a great opportunity. And so I'm really blessed by the group that does it, and they allow me to host a couple of teams a year. And so love to have Pastor Kevin there. Also, it's been great being here, meeting the Vortex family. Come on, give yourself a hand. That's okay. Now let's give Jesus a hand. Come on. Yeah, it's getting better in there. Anyway, it's good to be in a church. One of our, one of our campuses was in a church for, for two years, and it, it's fun. We actually bought a church building and turned it into a, into a church. So we're blessed there in Merritt Island to have that. And as Pastor Kevin said, we're suffering for Jesus there. And uh, we're blessed. I just want to tell you this right off the bat. This will help you. I've got to find this edge again because that's like that would be bad. I could be on YouTube forever <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I took the wrong step there. So uh, we're, nobody's filming this. Maybe you're laughing could be on YouTube forever. But anyway, uh, here's how it works with me. I don't know about Pastor Kevin. That's the way it works for me. And I just want to help you with this as we get started here. Amens to a preacher are like gasoline to a car. The more you give, the faster I will go and the sooner we'll be done. Amen. Come on. See, you're catching on. So that's good. Let's pray. God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for your wonderful care for us. We thank you for your blessing in our lives. You're, you're incredible the way you provide for your children, spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally. God, in every area, your hand is evident in our lives, and we're so grateful for it, God. And we want to honor you for that. We honor you in this place today. We want to lift you high. We want to say this is all about you, and Lord, you, we, we need your help. We need your help to I need it to communicate. We need it to hear. We want to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So speak to our hearts, Lord, and speak in such a way that the seed of the Word is planted in our hearts in a way that it's rooted deeply, that it grows, and it actually produces change in us. And that it's just not another day, but it's a day of, of incredible encounter with the living God, and that our lives would be different. Lord, do what you do like nobody else can do in this place today. We ask in Jesus' name. Somebody said, come on, if you want me to hurry up, let's go. Come on now. We've got to get that amen going. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to say legacy is so important. When you talk to people at the end of their race, and he's acting like I'm at the end. i got 30 good years yet. Uh, no, not really. We're setting, I, I've got an exit strategy, but, you know, we're just, we're just trying to follow God's leading right now and, and, and God's help. But when you get to the end and you talk to people that, that at the end of their race and you say, well, you know, what? What would he have done different? Or what, what's, what's, you know, where, do your, where are your regrets? You know what people say? They'll never say, I wish I would have built a bigger business. 
They'll never say, I wish I, you know, had done this or that or gotten this award or this accomplishment. Most of the time, people will say, man, what we really need, what I, I wish I would have invested more time in family, in people around me. You know what? Because when God looks down and he sees legacy in the earth, you know what? He sees people. He looks into the hearts of, of God's people and he sees legacy. He is leaving. You are Jesus' legacy in the earth today as you live and breathe. I, I heard a, a, a couple, they were sitting around talking, they were working up a living will, and they said, okay, how are we going to do this? And the guy says to his wife, now look, honey, I, I just want you to know, I, I don't want to be plugged in, have some machine plugged in that I'm getting all my life from and, and, and getting it out of a bottle. I, I, if I ever get to that point, darling, you can just pull the plug. She jumped up, pulled the plug on the TV, and poured out all the beer. Good, you laughed. At least that's, that's, that's encouraging for a preacher right there, I want to tell you right now. Thank you so much for, for your kindness there. Um, you know what? You, you need a dream. You need a vision. People who accomplish legacy see something. And they see something that is, that is possible only by an act of God. You know, it's one thing to say, you know, this is what I could do. Like, for example, when Carol and I were young, my wife and I, and she sends her greeting, East Coast Christian Center sends her greeting here. We're so blessed to be a part of what you're doing here. So blessed to meet Amanda and, 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 and Kevin's family's mom and dad and, and stuff like that. That legacy in that area is so important. When Carol and I were a young couple, and, and uh, we, we met a family. I, I worked with them for the Colorado Division of Highways, and, and he was a wheatland, dry wheat farmer out, out in the plains of Colorado. And we went out to their family and had dinner, and they had three or four teenagers, and these kids love God. They were normal and loved God. Come on, somebody say amen. We, we weren't wanting to raise weirdos or anything like that. You know, we want to raise some kids that, that grew up as polished pillars in the house of our God. And we saw this family, and Carol and I looked at each other and said, we would love. God, could we have a family like this someday? Now, we ended up with four children, and they're awesome. They all love God. Two or three of them work at the, two or three of them work at the church. That doesn't sound right. See, Two of them work at the church all the time, and one of them works at the church part-time, so it is two or three. But anyway, uh, they work. They love Jesus. We, they, we all live in kind of the same area. We have huge parties and celebrations. We celebrated my daughter's birthday on Thursday night before Friday night before we left. And Great thing. But you know what? We got a picture of what our family would be like. Here's the truth. Carol and I couldn't do that on our own. What we have today didn't happen because of our strength or we're crafty or we were smart about it. It happened because God's grace was poured out on us to see something great happen in our family. And we're so grateful. We're so blessed for that. I want to share five things with you today about leaving a legacy. And the first one, of course, is you must see a better future. You know, uh, East Coast Christian Center, for example, the church that, I, that I'm privileged to pastor at and be involved, I just started going like you do. The church was... Uh, was about two years old uh, when I started going. The pastor there was an incredible speaker, a great communicator, just really, man, what a guy. I'd left ministry in, in Denver, hurt and broken, and, and like, man, this was, this was a tough environment that I came out of, and I just moved to Florida and started a business, and we were going to church as a family. And, and, and when you looked at East Coast Christian, and you think, what did, what did God do there? Did alcohol come out of you? Absolutely not. That came out of a bunch of people. God put that in a bunch of people. In fact, so much so that 20 years after I'd been pastor at the church, about five years ago, I met a couple, and they said, can we tell you a story? Can we tell you a story about this place? 
I said, sure, go for it. They said, years ago, we were in this neighborhood. And we went by this, and it was an X-rated theater. Back then, it was a single theater. Then it became a double theater. Then it became a 50-cent theater. Then it became an X-rated theater. Then it became a theater for pigeons, all right? And it was, it was X-rated at the time. This couple said, when we saw this building, we just pulled over, got out of our cars. We walked around this building. We put our hands on it. We said, God, would you make this place a place where the Word of God is preached, where the Spirit of God moves? Literally, years before we ever bought the building or got involved in it, somebody else was allowed by God to see something, and they put their hands on that building and said, God, would you make it a church? Isn't that incredible? See, what God sees, when he sees, he sees it in people, and he puts it in people. And, and we need to see a better future. We need to see something out there that, that is awesome and powerful. Here's, what, here's the way the Bible says it. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, it, it, the life, life can be hard, and life can distract you from what God's, God's wanting to do. So we need to be able to see a future that is different than where we live right now. And legacy is, is what helps us do that. Vision is what helps us do that. Number two, leaving a legacy always turns out a little harder than we thought it would be. Why? Why do you think that is, Dan? Well, one of the reasons I believe it is is we live in a broken world. You know, uh, there were things that tried to break our family. There are things that have been things that have come into our world to try to break our church. Why? Life's just been hard sometimes. And sometimes in a broken world, broken things happen. And you've got to overcome those broken things to make it. Thank God he's on our side. Listen to what Psalms 139 verse 13 and 14 says. It says, uh, he says, you made all things, before I read that, I think you need that point a little bit harder. Anybody in here ever find out that marriage was harder than you thought it was going to be? Come on, now that was not very strong. Can I have a really, show your hands if your marriage turned out harder than you thought it was going to be. Some people got both hands up. Some people got both hands up, they're sticking their tongue out. See, I tell young people at our church, you know, you get young people, and I, young people to me, they're anybody up, you know, 50 and under, that's a young person. But anyway, they, they, they say, I want to get married, I want to get married, I want to get married, oh, I got to get married, I got to get married. Let me tell you what marriage does for you. Marriage is the opportunity to die. That's, marriage is meant to kill you. Really, it's meant to dis- display to you how the kingdom of God works. How does it work? Somebody died that somebody else could live. That's what marriage is. You're laying down your life for somebody else. So get in a hurry and get married because it's time for you to die. And uh, we all find out things like that in life. It's a little bit harder than we thought it would be. Psalms 139 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, listen to this, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, thank you for making me so complex. What about when you had a 13-year-old? Have you ever prayed and said, Lord, thank you for making my 13-year-old daughter so marvelously complex? Help me not to kill her in Jesus' name. You know, I've never prayed that. For, I've never thanked God for how complex my wife is. I don't know. I've been, we're, we'll be married 40 years this, in, in March of uh, 2016, and you know what? I'm still figuring things out. Somebody say amen. And uh, life, life can be a little challenging 
sometime. Let me, let me read you another verse. This is a powerful verse. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, listen to this, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. See, God's prepared works beforehand. Now, sometimes we're resisted in it, but God opens a door that no man can shut, and he shuts a door that no man can open. I think I need to share this now, too. I shared it in the first service. And by the way, I just want to thank you for all the good-looking people that came to the second service. Amen? A lot better-looking people here than I can't see anybody in this environment at a dark movie theater, so I'm, I'm lying, so forgive me. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, this is it. I, when we were praying earlier, Pastor Kevin asked me to pray graciously over the team before the worship team came up. And uh, a verse stood out. I looked it up during, between services. I couldn't remember where it was at. But uh, Psalms 138.8, in the old King James, it starts out, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. And I just feel like that's a word for vortex. That's a word for the individuals, which vortex is people, not a building or a place. But I believe that God is saying that to you today, that as you have concerned yourself with the things of God, that as you focused in on, the, on, on building what God wants to build in this place, God is focusing in and perfecting. Now, some of you, you need, you need some perfection to come into your job situation. Maybe, maybe you know, big financial issue, you need God to, to, to do something there. Maybe, maybe it's relational for you. Maybe you've got a son or a daughter that's doing things you, you wish they weren't. And they, I'm here today to say, I feel like the Lord spoke to me to remind you, He will perfect. You're living in concern about anything today. He will perfect that which concerns you. Can anybody grab that and say, that's me? I, I, I believe Jesus is perfecting that which concerns me. Can anybody grab that? Where's that amen? Because I'm just going to wait here until we get it. Because Gasoline. What time do I finish again so I know? On the clock, do you know, brother? 11.20? Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, one time I was preaching, I used to, well, this is what I used to do. Before they'd have, you know, countdown clocks and that, I'd put a, I'd put a search in my mouth, and I'd preach till it dissolved. One day I reached in my pocket, got a button by mistake. <laughs> I preached for two and a half hours before. <laughs> yes, terrible. Anyway, let's keep moving. Help me, Jesus. I hear Pastor Kevin doesn't tell jokes, but anyway, I, I'm a mess in that area, so help me. Anyway, I wish I was better at it, but it's fun. Let me see, what in the world am I talking about here? Legacy. No amens to I don't know what I'm talking about for now. <laughs> Knock that off. I don't know who that was, but I want to see you after the service. Your offices aren't on site, right? So we can't take them to your office. So. Oh, man, that would be good. Things are harder. One of the reasons I think things are hard is that God tests us, proves us. Well, God proves us. God, see, a good teacher, Pastor Kevin, I believe, was in the teaching system for a while as a football coach and that. A good teacher doesn't test students to have them fail. A good teacher tests students to have them pass, right? That's what God does. And so God's a good teacher. I believe he tests us three ways. I want to show you three ways he tests us, and it's found in Luke chapter 16, verses 10, 11, and 12. And each one is an area that I believe God very importantly wants to test us and prove us so that we can fulfill the plan and purpose of God, the good works of God before ordained that we can walk in them. The first one is he tests our faithfulness. See, he was faithful in little. That's what Scripture says. He was faithful in what is least. Is faithful also in much. 
And then it goes on to say, who is unjust and least is also unjust and must. In other words, so God's saying, look, if I can trust you with this, then I can trust you with this. And so when we're, if, if, if we're going to fulfill the legacy God has for us, the first thing he's going to prove you in is, is faithfulness. Now, if you're not faithful in an area, it's not the end of the world. You can say, hey, I'm, I'm starting again. Just as we sang today, uh, uh, we closed out that song. This is a day that you can start again and be faithful in an area. Take what God gives you, be faithful with it, and then the, the principle is God will give you more. Second, God tests something else. Let me read it first. Verse 11 says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon. I'm reading New King James. That's where I'm at. Who will commit to you true riches? God tests you with money. God tests you with faithfulness in money. God, God, God wants to know if when he speaks, this makes the decision. Or if this is secondary to the voice of God. Your, your purse, your checkbook does not tell you what you can and cannot do with God. Your money is something God's given you as a tool to use. And money was never meant to use you. See, here's the amazing thing about money. Many people don't realize it, that there's only one thing that the Bible says can go, go head to head with God Almighty. It's not the devil. In fact, the scriptures tell us that the devil was flicked out of heaven with his whole crew. Boom. The Bible says he fell like lightning. That means he came down hard and fast. What is the only thing? Money is. The Bible says that you will either love the one and hate the other. Now, that's strong language, but the Bible's very clear that money is the only thing that can go head-to-head with God, so God tests us with money. It doesn't matter how much you have, whether it's a lot or a little. It's one of the things that God wants to prove you in. Somebody say amen. I'll get off of money if you say amen again. Okay, the third thing God will test you on is authority. Authority. What's that mean, Pastor Dan? Uh, verse 12 says, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? See, many, many, many great men and women in the Bible had to be, they had to be, they had to be uh, faithful to help somebody else fulfill their legacy before they were entrusted to fulfill their own legacy. It's a powerful powerful principle and we could look at David and and King Saul or Paul serving Barnabas or whatever the case may be but we all want to be our own boss but the truth of the matter is God's going to test your ability to follow to walk in submission because there's no authority unless there's submission in fact the Bible says all authority is from God so how do you walk in God's authority? You submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. It's only under God that people walk in authority. And so then when you submit yourself to your boss, to your parent, to your teacher, to your pastor, whatever the case may be, what you're doing there, and submission's not a dirty word, please. Sub means under, mission means on a journey. When you do that, you're actually saying, God, I want to do it. Can I give you an example? This is how crazy I am about this. When Pastor Jimmy came up here and said, Lord, we lift our hands to you, you know what I do? He's standing up here in authority under the mighty hand of God leading us in that moment. And when he said that, you know what I'm, I'm compelled to do is I'm going to raise my hand. Say, so you're a puppet. No, I'm not. I'm submitted to authority. And when the man of God stands here and says, lift your hands, I want to be in. 
Can you imagine what it would look like to, a, to an outsider coming in when, when worship was a real reflection of this is God's crew ministering to us direction and the whole place was crazy doing it? It's a powerful thing. Wow, I didn't know I was going to go that far. Say, you're crazy, Pastor Dan. Somebody say amen. A little, with a little bit more zip. There you go. Come on now. <clears throat> I could go on and on, but I won't. Uh, great legacies are too big for one person. Great legacies are too big for one person. I heard it said this way at uh, one time. The mouse and the, and the elephant were walking across the bridge. And the mouse said to the elephant, man, we're really shaking this thing. You know what? You need, a, you need help to fulfill what God has for you. Nobody, the Bible says, he who isolates himself rages against all sound judgment. You're going to need help with it. This week was a big outreach week for us. It just ended on a Friday night. Uh, last weekend, we sent 350 people out in the community in red shirts just to love the community and care for them and do things all over the community. This week, we do an outreach we call Kidsplosion. And what we do is we put together, we have a crew of about 100 people that put this on, and they... Uh, they do a Nickelodeon type event. We split the sanctuary down the middle. We have a six or 700 children in the building. And, and we just have a crazy good time. And in the process, they memorize a couple of scriptures. And it's just really fun. And they compete. And we cover people up with piles of toilet paper this high. And it's just a blast. But at the end of it, their parents have come to the lobby to pick them up. They've received a backpack full of school supplies for these kids. And, and this event is incredibly uh, big and, and costly and, and difficult. Guess what? I'm the mouse. The people that do it are the elephant. You know, legacy? Yeah. Do people come back to our church because of that? Absolutely. But you know what? It takes a team. It takes a group of people to do it. Thank God for Vortex and the people that God has drawn together here. It says this way in the Bible, Ecclesiastes 4 says, uh, verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Here's the truth. Vortex needs every every part of the body engaged. The more engaged you are, the more you serve, the more you're involved, the more power and strength that can be released by this place. I love this verse. This is my favorite vision verse in the Bible. Acts 16.10. This is, this is where Paul was trying to go somewhere in Asia, and he'd go one place and no, go to another, no. And finally, <clears throat> the Bible says that he had a vision in the night. In the vision, there was a man from Macedonia that said, come, come help us. So when Paul got up in the morning, he shared that with this group of people that traveled with him. There's probably about a, at least a dozen people that traveled with Paul during this season of his life in Acts 16. And one of those, of course, was Luke. And Luke was writing the book of Acts and telling us a story by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says in, in, in Acts 16, Now after he, Paul, had seen the vision, listen to this, immediately we, somebody say we, the rest of you say we with them, we, we sought to go to Macedonia, listen to this, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. One guy saw it, everybody said, we're in. It is so powerful when everybody says we're in and acknowledges that that's God's voice. Let's jump, let's run with it. Number four, to leave a legacy, we must rely 
on the power and the presence of God. A few years ago when we were full, we were doing as many services as we could in the building we were at. We looked at property and we had, you know, cost estimates and we actually looked at a 27-acre piece of property, and that's what we needed, how big we needed to build, 75,000 square feet. And we had 55, so it wasn't a huge increase over what we were doing. But it, we needed to grow, and how were we going to do it? And so we looked, we got the estimate. Here's, here's what it would cost to do that for us. Uh, it was between 25 and $27 million. And it wasn't even the complete build-out of what we needed. I heard that, and I thought, Lord, have mercy. I am not going to mortgage my grandchildren's future. Here's what we say about East Coast Christian Center. We're building a life-giving church that lasts. So we're real concerned with our young people because we don't want this church to die with me or my son or his son. We want it to last. We thought, man, $25, $27 million? That's nuts. And instead, we bought a little building next door to us, which was a little Presbyterian church adjoining property, and we built it, turned it into a sanctuary, and we ran a fiber optic cable over. We put a band and a worship leader and a, and a pastor in there, and now we have a couple hundred people that meet there every, every Sunday at 10 o'clock, and we were able to grow and expand for, for we bought, paid it cash, and God did a great thing, and, and we ended up with $650,000. Now we got another service and more people. Then we thought, well, let's do that again, and we went down to about 20 miles south of where we live. We rented a movie theater, just like you guys are doing, and we put a church in there, and there, there could be as many as 400 people in that uh, sanctuary, and you know what it cost me to do that? It cost me $130,000 to buy two trailers and fill them with equipment and get started down there, and so we had a new church and, and, and 400 people coming, and only... 130, let me just ask you a question, 27,130,000, let me see, what should we do? And then, you know, it happened at the beginning, October of last year, a friend who was retiring, pastor came to me, said, I got good news and bad news, Pastor Dan. I said, what's that, Dick? He said, uh, I'm giving you your old sound system back. We had given him one of our sound systems when we upgraded. I said, well, we don't need, he says, no, no, wait. And the good news is it's wrapped in all of our property and buildings. East Coast Christian Center can have our church building and our property. And we started a new campus about 15 miles to the west of us. How did we do that? Somebody handed us a building. I want to say this. Uh, uh, the, the, listen and think about this in this area. There are little places that own their buildings and have very few people in it, not much vision and not much life. I believe in the days to come, God is going to begin to give those places I believe that about seven years ago, I felt like God spoke to my heart about it, and we received one. My prayer is that churches like this would receive those buildings. Can I, is there an amen in the house? Come on, give me, give me one like, come on, Jesus, amen. I'm telling you what, man, powerful stuff. <clears throat> Got to depend on the power and presence of God. And then number five, people of legacy always believe the best is yet to come. Here's the truth. The best is yet to come even when you feel like quitting. You know, life happens and life's not easy. Life's difficult one time, sometimes one time. Life's difficult sometimes. Hear about the guy whose mother was trying to get him up for church? She's shaking him, shaking him, said, man, you know, he said, I'm not going. She said, give me one good reason why, why you shouldn't go. He said, man, mom, I'll give you three said the people are unfriendly. 
the music is terrible, and the preacher is boring. <laughs> I'm not going to church. Give me one good reason why I should go to church. She said to him, I'll do better than that. I'll give you three. It's Sunday morning. You're 45 years old, and you're the preacher. Come on. People of legacy believe the best is yet to come no matter what is going on in their life right then. See, life tries to beat you up, and life tries to stop you. Here's what Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. See, the whole deal, the only way to win, the only reason I'm still in ministry after 33 years is I just didn't quit. Well, I did quit once, and then I started again. But anyway, if you do quit, get up. It isn't the end. And so you got to keep going. Somebody say, keep going. Look at your neighbor and say, keep going. Boy, that is powerful. Come on, you guys. Liven up out there. Psalms 147 says, great. You never forget how big God is. Come on. It says, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Here's the truth. God knows where you're at, but he also knows how to get you where you need to be. He knows where to, get, where to take you and how to get you there. And so never forget how big God is. Somebody say, there you go, man. You're getting it. We're doing good, man. I, could, I might come back next week. Oh, no, you got somebody else. Okay, never mind. Um, you know, you guys got something special here. This is a God thing. This is a supernatural church. In Denver, where I pastored for a few years, uh, almost 10 years, we had, a, we had a great church. It was growing. It was thriving. And then we were stupid. We fought and bickered about little things that had no bearing on eternal destiny. And we frittered away that church. And I left Denver hurt and broken. I just want to commission you. You are accomplishing legacy right now in this place. But I want to I commission you to guard it with all your heart. Because this is holy. This is supernatural. And this is powerful. And God has given you a gift in this little place in North Carolina. Steward it, guard it, protect it as a gift of God. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. You know, there's nobody that I know that's more qualified to talk about building a legacy than Pastor Dan. After 25 years of building a family, building a church. So now he kind of enters into his last season. He's in position to pass the baton to his son at his church. What a, what a wonderful legacy to leave behind. That you lived well in front of your kids, that they're a part of what you're doing, that they believe in it so much that they've grown up to lead that. And I know that today that in a room like this, there are some of us that right now look at the legacy that our lives are leaving and we question it a little bit because the story that we're living becomes the legacy that we leave. Some of us right now when we pause and we honestly look inside, we realize that the story that we're living is
Well, it's not that kind of grand vision that Pastor Dan challenged us to have. It's not boldly seeking the presence of God and the will of God. Maybe for some of us, that story is a little anemic and comfortable. And maybe today you feel the presence of God and the voice of God challenging you to step into a different story. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for all of us. That as our lives are lived out, that the story that we live is so compelling that even after our last breath, that story keeps going. That's really what Vortex is all about. That's why we started this, not not because we wanted to build a big church, but because we wanted to see people rescue their lives and the legacies that they could leave behind. To see families healed, kids who knew nothing about the Lord, brought in, discipled, learned scripture, marriages that were on the rocks and broken, healed. That, that's, that's why we're here. We've seen that but we're going to see more of it. So I want to take a moment and pray, and I want to pray for those of us that are here that know that we need that. We need our legacy to change because the story that we're living now, well, it's not the story that we need to. Let's pray. God, for some of us today, we know that we have been running from the story that you want to lead. God, that, that there's, a, there's a life that you've called us to live. And God, we've, we've rebelled against it. And we're not leaving the legacy that we want to live. God, we're, we're, we're leaving a legacy right now that's broken and shattered. And so, God, by your faithfulness, would you, would you please be here? All we need to do is to turn to you and say, God, we've blown it. Just come and rescue our legacy. And God, you're going to do that because you're faithful. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, let me just ask you today, if that's you, do you need to get things right between you and the Lord? Is the legacy that you're leaving not the one that you want to leave? Do you know that the life that you're living needs to change? If it does, all it takes is you recognizing it, confessing it to the Lord, repenting and letting him lead you. If that's you, would you raise your hand today? That's me. I see those hands. Who else? Who else is here? And awesome. Awesome. Who else is here? Says that to me. Amen. So God, for those hands that were, were raised, we just ask you to come to those lives and take them, heal them. God, resurrect them so that they can live the life that you've called them to in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.